There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, the host, and I'm coming at you from the Broken Time Studio right here in Clark Fork, Idaho. Thank you guys for joining us. This is going to be just a quick episode that, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago I put out the um, uh, the question on social media for people to ask, uh, ask me anything because I, I, I've had some requests for it, so I'm not sure why, but... Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw that out because I'm. Uh, we missed last week. We've missed most of this week uh, getting an episode out because it's been hunting season. September. It's you know my my month, and I guess I can give you guys a quick update on that. Uh, so what I wanted to do is just throw something together to get it out there, so you guys didn't think I fell off the face of the earth, and uh, let you guys know that we do have episodes kind of lining up and packing up here to record and get out there. Uh, but, uh, right now my, my biggest priority is, is being in the elk woods, which has been somewhat frustrating, uh, this month. I've had some, uh, some frustrating situations going on in terms of things that are keeping me out of the elk woods, uh, between, um, I've had some family come up and visit, which was, uh, which was a great time to have them here and, and, uh, spend time with them. Uh, normally that is not something that we, uh, both neither my wife or I allow during September because it is September hunting season. Uh, but because of this, this whole pandemic thing, we haven't seen them in a long time. So I made an exception that cost me a, a good week. Um, and then, uh, we had an opportunity to get a new puppy and this thing is awesome. Um, his name is Hank and he is a nine week old. Now he's nine. He was eight weeks old when we got him. Um, he is a nine week old golden retriever from my friends down in, uh, the Idaho falls area. They have a place called Huntsman's Goldens and they are of no relation to me, but, um, perhaps distantly we're related or something, but they, they run an outfit called Huntsman's Goldens where they, um, they are breeders of golden retrievers. And anyway, long story short, they have like this huge long waiting list because they, they really do have great dogs. Uh, and, and I, w- I was about to get on the waiting list and they posted, Hey, this, you know, something fell through with this particular puppy. It was a male. It was the red colored golden retriever that we wanted. And so we picked up and drove down to Idaho falls and got this little monster from those, uh, from Huntsman's Goldens. And it, it was a, it was an awesome trip. So, uh, that took some time out and uh, then we had some weather and, and other things. So anyway, I am, I've been up in the woods. I've had uh, a lot of really good encounters so far. Um, I really buggered a setup uh, a couple days ago. I was up in an area where I knew a bunch of elk hang out. Uh, they're there every year. And no, I won't tell you where it's at. It's one of my favorite spots because it's, it's this little pocket of mountain that nobody, I never see anybody there. 
Uh, and I'm not sure why, but nobody ever hunts it. And so I went up there, uh, let a, let a bugle out and like a hundred yards off this bull answers back. And so I kind of, I checked my, I, I looked up on the onyx and I'm like, okay, I think he's laying right here, right at the top of this little, where this mountain kind of crests on the, on the top of this ridge. And they lay there because there's three different slopes that come off the top of this. So they know that they're, they're basically getting an upward uh, thermal all day long. So they lay on top and they, they could tell in from three different directions if something's coming at them. Well, I figured out a little spot like below this one ridge that's kind of on the north side where the way that it goes up, it, it kind of crosses with this other thermal, this upwind thermal that, that switches my scent to the uh, other direction away from where the elk are lined up. And so it's a little blind spot, a, a, a scent blind spot for them, if you if you will. <laughs> so I got right up in this guy's shit. I let off a bugle and I let off a bunch of cow calls. The cows all jump up. There's like 12 of them. And they're just mewing like crazy. And all of a sudden I'm like surrounded by these cows. And uh, the the bull chipes, uh, chimes in and he bugles. He's pissed. And he comes in. I mean, I, he gave me 30 seconds. Comes in. He's in this thick alder brush. And I'm like close enough to him that I could damn near reach out and punch him. And I mean, not that close, but he was 20 feet, not 20 yards. He was 20 feet from me. And he's got this big drop tine on the one side. He's just this huge bull and uh, he's bugling and trying to make his way, find this, find this, uh, this bull that dared to infringe on his territory. And, uh, what happens? I get my, my bow gets a little caught up in my camera, my tactic cam. I had it too low on my strap. So I get it out of there. And when I pull back, I'm drawn back on him and he's just in enough thick alder brush that I just didn't feel good about the shot. And I was hoping he was going to take a step, like four steps forward and he'd have given me a clear shot, but he, he kind of turned and stayed in the brush. I could have, I could have taken a big risk and just sent an arrow. Uh, it most likely would have deflected and just wounded him somewhere. Uh, and, and I just didn't want to, after last year's bowl, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not taking any chances. So he kind of buggers off, moves down. The the cows finally see me. Oh, by the way, I got the whole thing on film. I'll put it together and, and uh, put it out on the social media at some point. Uh, he's a cool bull. You'll want to see him. Anyway, he buggers off. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of give him a few days to get comfortable in that spot again. Cause I know nobody else is going to go up there and they're going to get comfortable bedding down and I'm going to hit them again. And I'm going to try to come in at the same spot, but just be mindful of where that alder is, uh, and, and start calling from a little further back. So anyway, I've been disappointed with that. Had a few other call-ins. Um, I've been drawn back, I don't know, three or four times. It's been a good season. They're like you guys posting out there that, Hey, are you hearing elk talk? And we haven't heard anything guys. You got to keep moving. If you're not hearing a bull bugling, you got to move on, man. Like keep going. They're, they're, they're out there. And at least in the areas I'm hunting, which I am moving all over multiple different units and I'm getting bugles everywhere. I mean, I'm getting bugles everywhere. And so you, you guys just gotta, if, if you're not getting bugles, there's no elk in there or something. I don't know what's going on, but I see a lot of people posting on some of our archery pages and, um, we have a we have a Facebook group uh, here for the podcast called Hunting the West Dash the Western Huntsman. If you're not in that group, feel free to come on over and and uh, jump in that group because there's a lot of good conversations that happen over there. But anyway, you you guys, some of you are posting that you know you're not hearing any bugles. Just keep moving, man. Just keep go, going. Find another drainage or another mountain or a ravine or a canyon or something to get into and find these elk because they are fired up. At least they are here in North Idaho. 
And uh, it's just a matter of getting a clean shot for me. And and I'm just going to record this real quick. It's about noon today on Friday, and I'm heading back out. Um, so with that, guys, I, I don't want to play a full commercial ad roll just because, again, I'm short on time. Um, so I do need to mention real quick, if you are in the market for some new camo, check out screegear.com. And when you do, you're going to find that you're going to find high-quality camo for a lot less. And uh, use promo code the Western Huntsman for 15% off and free shipping. It's worth it. I've uh, this is my third season on these hard scrabble pants, and they're still like I I did put one little hole in them, but it was an ember from a campfire <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and it's just right down at the ankle, and they're they're long anyway, so it doesn't matter. But they're in great shape, uh, great gear. Hoffman boots. If uh, you guys you guys know, I've you've heard me say it before. Never skimp on boots. Check out hoffmanboots.com. I run with the Explorers in the eight inch, and they have six inch. They ha- they also have the Summit boot, which is a little less expensive, but it's still a great boot. It's got the same sole, I believe, as the Hoffman. Um, great boots, guys. There's like no break-in period on these boots, so you can get them and go hunting with them the same day. Check out HoffmanBoost.com. Use promo code HUNTSMAN10, all caps lock, for 10% off. And Phelps Game Calls. You guys know, all these bulls I've, I've uh, had encounters with this year, it's all been with Phelps Game Calls. Um, I've been using both my Renegade tube and the Metal tube. What I'm finding personally, and I, I may be way off base, but what I'm finding is that Metal tube is a great locator bugle tube. I can I can light up an entire basin with this thing. It's so loud. It's awesome. And it elicits responses because it's so like shockingly loud that the bulls respond to it. And then what I do is I pull out the renegade when I get closer because I the the first bull I, I had kind of wound up on this metal tube. I, I feel like personally, again, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but for me it seemed like it was almost too loud, or maybe I was too excited and it scared the bull off. And so I, I switch back to the Renegade when I'm in close, but uh, I, I am carrying both of those tubes, and I love them both. They're, they, they just do a great job. Anyways, point being, guys, if you need out calls uh, or or there's predator calls, there's all sorts of other turkey calls, everything over at phelpsgamecalls.com. Use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. And last but not least, Tacticam, you can get that at thewesternhuntsman.com forward slash gear, and a portion of that goes towards the uh, uh, conservation efforts that we're, we're kind of paying attention to and fighting against anti-hunters. So again, go to the westernhuntsman.com forward slash gear and you can find the Tacticam equipment. 4K cameras, uh, they're great little cameras to get all sorts of POV footage and there's an LR spotter camera that you can hook to your spotter scope. It's awesome. Uh, go check it out. Um, okay. Getting to this whole ask me anything uh, portion of the conversation. I'm going to turn this down. There we go. Um, I'll start with the emails. Uh, Let me pull these back up here. I'm going to start with the emails. Sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied already. We're only 10 minutes into this, and I'm tongue-tied. Jeez, man. Okay. Question number one, uh, let's just do these right in order, comes from Justin W. Uh, It says, hey, Jim, so I was wondering if you can help a guy like me. I've been hunting elk for a few years and have yet to fill a tag. I've taken a couple shots and... On some legal cow elk, but have yet to get anything. How does someone in my shoes keep the motivation to keep after something so hard with knowing success rates are so low for us archery hunters? So Justin, success success rates 
it's kind of like when you look at uh, the wealthy people in the United States, right? It's like, I, I can't remember what the number was, but it's something crazy like 5% or 10% of the wealthy make 90% of the money kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's that's kind of the same thing that we're dealing with when, when you're talking about those kind of stats. Success rates are low for most hunters. The, the top 10% that get an arrow and an elk every year are like the same, same top 10%. It's the same guys, uh, or gals. And so I think to answer your question, what, what I do, because this can be a grind, everybody calls it a grind. Uh, it could be disheartening. It could be all sorts of these things that, uh, we are talking about and bottom line, it can just be flat out, uh, disheartening. And it's hard to keep that motivation up sometimes. I, I know I feel you, man. I feel you, brother. Um, one thing that I always consider is you know how after a season ends and you're at home and you're kind of sitting on the couch or you're laying in bed at night and you're kind of rehashing some of the things that took place throughout uh, the hunting season and you, you get kind of full of these regrets and and you think, man, if I would have just done this, uh, I could have got that bull. Or maybe if I would have went a little further or if I got up a little bit earlier or instead of taking the day off... Uh, to rest my feet or whatever, if I'd have just went out that day, you know, those regrets, they, they haunt you all year long. And so during season, I think about that. I think about those regrets and what, what I go through in my mind is I don't want to be laying there in bed trying to get some sleep because I've got an early morning, but I can't sleep because I'm full of regret over something that I did. And it, it, it is oftentimes centered around not pushing hard enough. And not having the motivation to keep going. Um, so think about that. And I think that that'll help. Because that's that really helps me. Because, I, dude, I, I'm like anybody. Uh, I mean, I know there's dudes that don't get this way. There, there's people that, there's hunters that, that go out and they're just like fully motivated all the time. But I do, I get beat down. Like, I, I just get beat down. I get uh, kind of a bad attitude or whatever. And what I do to pull myself out of that to keep pushing is, is I think about when, when this season is over, I don't want to have to look back and say, I didn't give it 110%. And that's why I have tag soup. If I, if I eat a tag, I want it to be because of circumstances that were out of my control, not within my control. Does that make sense? Sometimes you can go out and you give it hell. You give it 110%. You're putting miles on, you're climbing mountains, you're up and down, you're hiking in the night, you're doing all these things. And it still just doesn't come together. And that I'm okay with. I'm okay with that. That's hunting. That's just how hunting's going to be. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to bust your ass and you're, you're still going to eat a tag. And so that will leave you with satisfaction instead of regret. And so that's what I recommend is you think about the regrets you will have. You know, I, I always think about like, like sometimes we will have a bunch of family come over for Thanksgiving dinner or something. And I'll be thinking about September, how I screwed something up. Like maybe I messed up a calling sequence sequence or something like that. I, 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 I screwed up a setup. Like I did the other day where that, where that bull came down into the alders. I'll think about that mistake, especially if I don't get them. I'll think about that mistake all year. And what I should have done differently and how I should have set the camera a little differently on my shoulder. So that first time I drew back, I wasn't kind of caught up in it. Um, you, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff I can live with that. And I can calculate and analyze that because that's something I can learn from. 
when you just lose motivation and stop hunting and take too many breaks and too much time off, that's not something you're learning from. And it's not something that is serving you as a hunter. And it's not something that you're going to be able to overcome in terms of regret after season is over. So keep that in mind. I, for, for, for me, that is what keeps me going. And, and that's why, um, I'm, I'm just up and, and I'm, I'm off to it and, and I do it every single day. And it's just, it's, that's what drives me, I guess, I suppose. Okay. Next question comes from William R. Let's see. I don't know what these questions are, so bear with me. Uh, I'm new to Idaho from Ohio and picked up a discount bear tag. I'm planning to hunt in unit blank. I'm going to leave that blank and welcome any pointers on glassing terrain to look for anything as this will be my first time hunting bear. I'm still catching up on the podcast, but it's been awesome to listen to. Thanks for all you do. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate the compliment, man. Um, so, Will, I, I'm just going to call you Will. Like, we know each other, brother. Uh, I, I need to start answering this question by telling you that you are asking the wrong dude about bear hunting, man. I have never gotten a bear. Um, I just started baiting bears this year, and that's how I recommend hunting bears. Because I did have a fairly active season hunting bears. Um so the, I know what unit, I, I don't want to say the unit that you're, you're going to be hunting, um, on the podcast here. So I know what unit you're, you're talking about. I know where you're at. Uh, glassing can be effective down there where I hunt up, up further North. We don't really glass for bears just because it is so thick and so brushy up here. It's, it's, you know, it's super rare to see one. I did. Now that said, I did see one the other day. I was out hunting with my buddy, Tyler, uh, and, uh, there, there was a big, uh, big old Bruin laying up on a ridge, just kind of outside of the, the tree line. He, he was like sunning. Uh, it was just after a storm. So anyway, it is possible to find him that way. Uh, if I, if I'd have been on a rifle hunt, that would have been a dead bear, but, uh, I, I don't think my bow is going to shoot 400 yards. Anyway, getting back to your question, um, dude, if you're serious and you want to, you want to get out there in terms of terrain to look for. Bears like nasty, steep country that people are generally not going to be in. You'll hear a lot of people talk about uh, you need to be away from roads. That is super dependent on the region. So just down the road from the town I live in, there is this highway that you take back to get back over to Sandpoint, Idaho, right? And uh, there's like this apple, this, this it's not an orchard, but it's like this row of apple trees right off the highway. I'm talking 50 yards off the highway. I'm taking my mom back to the airport. This was a few weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, there is a big old black bear, broad daylight, hanging out right there eating apples in that tree. And and so I, I take my mom to the airport and then driving back, this is like two hours later, I'm driving back and I slow down to see if that bear's still in those trees. Nope, there's people out there picking apples off the same tree the black bear was in. <laughs> so that just kind of gives you an idea as to, uh, look, you it's super dependent on where you're at. Like in my area, you really don't need to be that far away from a road. My bait setup was less than a mile from the road, and I had over 11 bears in a few weeks on that thing, uh, based on what I found on the on the uh, camera. Um, kind of like my elk season has started this year, I didn't have a lot of time because we were moving to to put uh, into bear hunting. But I know if I would have if I would have really focused, I, I would have definitely nailed a bear. Um, and that's uh, I, well, so I guess I guess that that's a long way of saying were I you. 
I would listen to some of the episodes back. Uh, I've had an episode with Jess Gann. I had an ap- episode with Jeff Morris and Tad Sherman uh, and, and a guy named Greg Landis. And all these all these episodes are kind of centered around bear hunting. Um, listen to those episodes and, and figure out how to bait these bears. Uh, baiting is going to be your most effective way to do it. Uh, and, and that is going to be the best chance you're going to give yourself to, uh, put a tag on a bear in Idaho, especially in, in some of this thick, nasty, brushy country. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, glassing, it might be good where you're at. I, I'm not totally sure, man. Uh, but bears just like, they just like places that people aren't in for the most part. Other than that bear eating, um, <laughs> those apples right off the highway. Broad daylight. Okay. Next question comes from KCH. Let's see. Hi, uh, KCH here. Absolutely love the podcast. Question. What do you think is the best hunting knife, skinning knife out there? Um, okay. So Casey, I, in my humble opinion, uh, I am not like one of those guys that gets real hung up on one particular thing. I have taken, I have broke down, skinned out and packed out, uh, entire deer on a like two inch folding hunting knife that my grandpa had a pocket knife. Uh, right now I, I use a, the replaceable blade Gerber, Gosh, I can't remember. I can't remember the exact name uh, of this Gerber blade I use, but it's 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 just a, a replaceable blade. I really like the replaceable blades, and the reason is, is if you you know the the knife is if you're if you're skinning out an elk, for example, to break it down, you're gonna really dolen up that that blade, and you could just throw a new blade on there, and and it keeps you going. A sharp blade will prevent injuries, and will make a better just a better experience for you. Um, there's a lot of them out there. I know there's like a lot of people like the Havlon um, and all that kind of stuff. That's going to be those. I just don't really have a recommendation on that. I could tell you I have my favorite knife maker, who's a guy named Logan Erdman. He made a really badass skinning knife that I gave away to a youth hunter last year. Uh, and I was bummed when I shipped it out because I really wanted it. But that's not a replaceable blade, but it is still, I mean, I would love to have that knife. Uh, but we did send that off to one of our youth hunter, uh, entry contest winners that we did last year. Um, and so that hopefully that answers your question. I, I think for, for, for me, I think a lot of the times knives are just kind of a personal preference. Um, and I, I, I the only thing I would recommend is, is for in the field, I, I do recommend those, uh, replaceable blades. Uh, they've, they've really worked well for me. So hopefully that answers your question. All right, let's switch over. I think that's the last of those ones. I hope I'm answering these questions good enough, guys. We got that one. Got that one. Um, holy cow, this is a long one. Um, I tried... Okay, let's let's just read the last paragraph. I tried to word this the best I can. Working on the fire department, running a side business, take care of a one-year-old, blah, 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 blah. Head back to Oregon September 8th. Okay, I'm just gonna skip this one. I, I have no idea. That it's too it's too long. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, buddy. I'll answer that in. I see he sent it in an email. Uh, what I'll do is I'll come back to this. Derek E, you sent me an email. I'm gonna come back to this. Uh, that is a super long email, so I will uh, come back to this and answer it in an email form for you. Um, let's go over to the Instagram questions. Hey, I've been really interested, jealous of your homestead journey in northern Idaho, and I'd like to chat with you about your journey and how you got to where you are. My wife and I have been dreaming about this life for our young family 
for the longest time, and we are trying to make the jump. Okay, Tom, I, you know what? I like this question. It's not necessarily hunting related, but uh, I'm way into this stuff. So, dude, we, my wife and I have been talking about doing this for a long time. We, we wanted to buy bare land, start from scratch, and build our home. You know what I mean? Like, it, this is not going to be, we're not like off-gridders. We're not like, you know, permanently homesteading to just live off of what the land is or anything along those lines that you see in some of these reality shows. But we are homesteading until we build our home, which is probably going to happen late next year sometime. In the meantime, we're living in a fifth wheel. Um, it, it's, it's one of the ways I ask it, because I've had this question come up. They're like, hey, do you recommend people doing this? Um, here's the thing. I don't know if I recommend it to you or not. I, I, I really don't. I don't know you. I don't know how much grit you have. I, it, this is not easy. I, I will tell you that living basically off-grid, we were off-grid for the first almost three months on our property here, and uh, it's not easy. I, I just got power, literally just got power, which is a which is a game changer. <laughs> so um, that is one thing that I, I, I will tell you, that it is not for the faint of heart. Uh, some of the things that I thought were going to be really difficult turned out to not be that difficult. And some of the things that I thought were going to be easy were, uh, ended up being a lot more difficult than I imagined. So water is life. And, and we are, our, our well guy is, he kind of keeps putting us off. Uh, so we, we still don't have a well. So I'm filling up out of this spring in Montana and bringing barrels of water over here to fill up. Um, it, it, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's a bitch. It's a pain in the butt. And, uh, it just depends on how much experience you have basically camping. <laughs> so to some of you that are wondering what it's like to live on bare land for several months, uh, especially without power, um, I can tell you that generators are finicky and they cost a lot of money in gas. Uh, I can tell you that it, my wife and I, have been, we've been married a long time and we've spent a lot of time in the woods camping in trailers or in tents or in any, you know, multiple different ways, spending time out in the wild. My kids absolutely love it. So it, it really, if you were somebody that has never spent time in the woods, like, like on a, on a, on a serious level, like when I say we camped, we would spend, when you take the, the summer months, it, it is not out of line to say that basically an entire month was uh, camping for us. Uh, my kids love it. So if you're one of those folks that has never left a city, right? You've always had running water, power, uh, cable, internet, all these things that you're, you're accustomed to. Uh, you know, a restaurant right down the road, a grocery store across the street, you know, a convenience store that's open 24-7 if you forget the butter or batteries or something like that. Um, and you want to suddenly make this huge, uh, shift of magnitude in terms of your lifestyle and go on to bare land out of town in the woods on a mountain. I don't recommend that like that, that, especially if you've got a wife and kids that you guys are so accustomed to a certain way of life. Um, and, and you just like do this drastic thing, like move on to bare land. I don't recommend that. Uh, if I would have done that, my wife would have killed me. <laughs> um, but if you're somebody who's used to, you understand the hardships of living on the land and on bare land, or, or you've spent a lot of time, and I mean a lot of time camping, so you understand that things like water uh, are really important. They're hard and they're difficult and they're heavy. Uh, it's heavy to get. Um, and, and using 
things like flashlights for lighting at night and cooking in the dark and and things like that. Uh, if if you've got some level of accustomment to it, I don't know if that's a word. Accustomment. Somebody let me know if that's a word or not. I might have just made it up. Um, then you'll be fine. And just understand, you have to come to this with the attitude that it's a bitch. It's not easy. We can't just go pick up dinner uh, if if we don't feel like cooking. We can't just watch TV and Netflix. We don't have great internet. We we just got electricity. Um, air conditioning can be a, a very that's it's an issue. If you're used to air conditioning and and uh, yeah, you're not you're not one that loves the heat. Uh, I wouldn't do it. I mean, it, it's it's just it's not feasible for a lot of people because they don't they don't have um, a, like a level of of being used to that kind of hardship. Um, that said, you can get there. You can get there. If you're not there already, you can get there. Um, so that's that's what I basically tell people. It's not an easy lifestyle. It is certainly not an easy lifestyle. But for us, in our situation, in our mentality, uh, we we are folks that like to be independent of, of things. We are self-reliant. Uh, and we enjoy nature. And we enjoy the land. We enjoy the wildlife around here. When you're sitting by yourself reflecting on on early, the the day's hunt or something earlier but you're sitting at your homestead you got a fire going it's it's uh you know almost midnight and all you hear is a hoot owl off in the distance making noise and sometimes periodically a coyote will chime in that's where i know that that's this is a life for me i live amongst the the natural wild things that give me so much fulfill, fulfillment in my in my regular life I, I live amongst it. I live in the woods. I live in the mountains, and and that's where, the, the that's the kind of place that's always made me the happiest. And so, just understand that uh, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. I'm not looking forward to the snow that is sure to come, and and things like that. So, I would definitely encourage people to do that. Uh, but just keeping in mind that it, it is definitely, <laughs> it is definitely not easy. Okay, I think I got time for like what one more. Um, one more question here. I'm trying to find it. Sorry, I should have had these a little bit better. Okay, I found it. Um, B Heartstick, uh, Heart Heart Sock. Uh, sorry, I mispronounced that there for a minute. So this question is a super long one. So I'm what I'm going to do is I what I did is I stopped the recording and I read it. So I kind of have the gist of it, and now I'm going to read it uh, or, or kind of just summarize it so it's not so long. Basically, what what B I'm just gonna call him B uh, is is asking. He's a he's a struggling elk hunter. Um, loves being out there and has encounters, but he's not filling any tags. Um, and really, what his question boils down to is he showed a buddy his hunting area that he's been using for a long time, and now his buddy is using that hunting area and um, showing other people the hunting area. Excuse me. And he's having a basically his buddy does is not a great caller, so he's worried that it, he's basically blowing all the elk out. Um you know, all the knowledge. Let's see. Am I being a whiny bitch and I just need to get over it? Thoughts. That basically that's a question about his buddy coming into his hunting spot. So be no, dude, you're not. You're not, man. Here's the thing. You have to be protective over your hunting spots. I, I'll give you a great example. 
if you guys were listening to the school September, uh, Jacob Denham and Tyler Oaks uh, were on the show, and then like a week later, Jacob killed a bull. Um, not very far from my place. It's in great elk country. And so I, I went up there and helped him pack it out. I've never been in that, uh, that drainage, that, that area that it's like a basin, never been in there before. I'd love to hunt it, but you think I'm going to go hunt that? No, I respect my friend. I am not, I'm not taking over their spot. Um, it, it's just not going to happen. So you have to hang out with people like that. That, that understand that when you put all the time and work and effort into scouting and finding areas, you know that hold elk, you have to know who you're taking in there. I have, I have been in the situation where I felt like my spot was taken over. And it, it's, it sucks. In fact, uh, another, another one was my mule deer spot. Uh, I made the mistake. I was so excited about getting this, this decent mule deer in there that this dude at work wanted to go, uh, he was like, where, where was it, man? I gave him, exa- this was before like Onyx and, 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 uh, where I could give him a pin. I basically pulled up Google earth and showed him where exactly where I shot this buck. And that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life in terms of the hunting, um, that, that you know, in terms of hunting, let's just leave it at that. So he now goes up there and, uh, takes his wife and hopefully he doesn't listen to this show, but if he does, whatever, now he'll know that I'm, I'm pretty perturbed about it. He took, took his wife and his wife posts a picture of a deer that she shot up there and, and said on Facebook with all her friends, which she has a lot of friends because she like runs some store thing or something. And is like, Oh, we went to blankety blank and shot this buck today. And, and then in the comments, somebody's like, where's that at? And she's like, oh, you got to go up such and such Creek on the dirt road and you'll find it. Okay. So I saw that whole thing play out. I saw how many friends liked the post. I saw all that shit. So, you know, all these people are going up there now and then they're telling people my spot where I used to get mule deer. Like every time I went up there, I had an opportunity on a mule deer is, is done. I mean, it's done. I, I don't, I don't even go there anymore. There, there's like, they've shot all the little spikes and two points and there's no mule deer bucks up there. And there's, there's a bunch of hunters up there. And keep in mind, when I first started going up there, I was the only one on that mountain for a long time. And so telling people your location is bad. It's bad. And, and honestly, you're not serving anybody by telling them where a location is. It is part of the hunt to find your own spots. Nothing drives me more crazy like I posted something about helping Jacob get his bull out and, and somebody's like, what unit please? No, I'm not, dude, I'm not telling you what unit that's in. Like you need to go find your own spots. That is part of hunting. Hunting isn't just going out and hunting for a deer or an elk or a bear. Hunting is hunting for locations where you think will hold these animals. Hunting is getting in there and scouting and confirming your suspicion that there are animals in there. Hunting is then when season opens, going in there and hunting for your game uh, that that you've put all the work into. It's not, hey, can you tell me a spot where I can go hunt? Oh yeah, go here, man. There's always a buck right here. Oh, perfect. Boom. I just filled my tag. Who's going to be proud of that? Who is going to be proud of that? That is not hunting and you're not doing yourself any favors by asking other people where to go hunting. You need to do the freaking research yourself. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm getting on a rant here. You could tell I get pretty passionate about this, but it irritates me. Like, 
that that have some freaking self-reliance and go out there and find your own spots and and hunt hard and learn how to find animals that's it's going to serve you the best for the long term if you learn how to locate your own areas locate your own animals and go hunt them yourself sorry okay I, let me digress here and get back to this so am I being a whiny bitch? <laughs> Be asked. Um, no, man. I, again, it's not. I, and I would I would pull your friend aside and, and I would tell him, hey, man, I put a lot of time and effort into uh, finding this spot or or however circumstantially you came about it. Um, I th- and and I know I I totally understand that it's public land and and it's not my spot. It's not anything like that. Uh, and I don't own it. But um, it it's it, I. I kind of feel like I got disrespected a little bit when when you went in there and blew all the elk out and then you showed other people uh, the the area. It's it's really difficult to find spots that you have to yourself as it is. And when you're out there like taking over my spot that I worked hard to find and then showing other people and setting your cameras and everything else in, in that area, um, it's it's really disrespectful to me and I don't appreciate it. You know, just have that conversation. That's one of the things that we've lost in in our society is having tough conversations with people and just being able to approach somebody and and in a in a polite but stern way giving them what is on your mind i i always encourage people don't be afraid to do that don't be afraid if somebody's like doing you wrong don't be afraid to approach them it doesn't mean you have to be an asshole but you can go up to them and and say hey man you know it's kind of jacked up that you went up there and you took your friend into into the spot that i showed you uh, I, I, I want you to know that, that I feel slighted by that, uh, you know, however you want to phrase it. And, and I, you, there, there, there can always be a reprimand. Like, dude, I'm not taking you to any more spots anymore. I'm, I'm just not going to do that anymore because you've, you've kind of broken my trust with that. So good luck out there. Yeah. You know, we could still be friends, but we're not going to be hunting buddies. Does that make sense? And, and that's, that's totally fine. And, um, some of you listening to this, I, I don't want you to take that wrong. Uh, th- this this has been a, a long time frustration, like decades. Uh, so anyway, the point being is don't be afraid to have that conversation with your friends. And if you are taking somebody to a spot, make sure you have the conversation before you get there that, hey, look, man, I'm going to take you to this spot where I know there's elk and we're going to go hunt it together. But I've been putting in a lot of time and uh, hours on the road, uh, miles on the boots, all the all these things that I've done to locate this area, um, can you can you just make me a, a gentleman's agreement right now, or or a hunter's agreement? Uh, if 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 you're taking a lady up there, can can we just make an agreement that you're you know not going to tell anybody or share this information with anybody else? Um, I would really appreciate that. Have that conversation before you get there. So I hope that helps, guys. There's a there's a bunch of other questions that have come in. And, um, I, I just, I'm short on time. Uh, I need to get back up, up on the mountain and, uh, I'm, I'm like, we don't have much time less left in this September. And, and, uh, the, a lot of my September has been already absorbed with, with other things other than hunting. So I'm going to get back out there and leave you guys with those questions. Um, I might do another episode with these, uh, questions that come in. And so if you guys have some, feel free to send them to me. The best place, there's, there's two good places to send them to me, either Instagram on, on, you know, through messenger or at Jim at the Western huntsman.com. That's my email address, Jim at the Western huntsman.com. So if you guys have questions, you know, if it's like an ethics question, a hunting question, 
Uh, you, you guys know if you've listened to my show, if you're looking for like ex- hunting tips kind of thing, <laughs> I'm not. I'm probably not the best guy to ask. But if it's hunting scenario or, um, you know, how to learn to hunt or, or just like you're a beginner hunter or you have an ethics question or a scenario question, you want to send them my way. Um, you could tell I don't spend a lot of time on gear questions, uh, but but send them to me and maybe we'll do this episode again if you guys liked it and enjoyed it and feel feel like you got something out of it. I'd appreciate it. So, again, it's Jim at the Western or if you're not following us on Instagram, I hope you do. Check us out at the Western Huntsman. It's, it's, it's that easy at the Western Huntsman. There's a perpetrator on Instagram called Western Huntsman. That's not me. We are the Western Huntsman. So you got to make sure you have the T H E the Western Huntsman in there on the Instagram. The other thing I was going to ask guys, if you don't mind, um, the, the positive reviews, getting reviews online are becoming more and more important, specifically on Apple Podcasts and I believe on Podbean. Um, if you guys like the show and you support what we're doing and, and the cause of the Western Huntsman, uh, if you don't mind going over to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and writing a positive review for us, I'd be much obliged. I, I would really appreciate it. Uh, it goes a long way for us. So. With that, guys, thanks again for all your support. Good luck out there to you September hunters. All you October elk hunters, get ready. Your season's coming. You are on deck, brothers and sisters. Have a great week. Talk to you guys later. You made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We sure appreciate your support. This is Jim Huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at Instagram at The Western Huntsman and on Facebook at The Western Huntsman. And you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.